Hey there, wealth builders. You're listening to show number one of the Real Estate CPA podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Hall, and my whole goal is to help you understand the world of finance, accounting, and taxes so that your real estate investments and businesses can be run more efficiently and profitably than they ever have before. I hope you enjoyed today's show, and if you're looking for a killer CPA to come in and help you out, roll on over to the client's page and set up an appointment. The first consultation is free, and I promise that you're going to learn something. Let's do it. Okay, let's get this started. So first, thank you very much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. This is my first ever podcast that I'm hosting. I've been on a couple podcasts for a few different people, but I've never actually hosted one So we're just going to kind of have to see how it goes. I'm kind of winging it if you can't tell. So let me explain a little bit about why the real estate CPA. A lot of people know me as the owner and operator of Hall CPA PLLC. That's how I've branded myself in the past. But what I'm doing is essentially rebranding myself to the real estate CPA. I'll still be providing professional services through my entity, which is Hall CPA PLLC, but basically the face from now on is going to be the real estate CPA. And I'm doing this for a couple of different reasons. The first is that I've had a lot of success with building an online business. I started with Bigger Pockets and have essentially built out a business where I service clients all over the world. So it's pretty exciting, and I'm thinking that the real estate CPA, the specific website, the domain name, having an SEO strategy is really going to help me reach a wider audience. The second reason that I'm doing it is that it identifies more with my client base. So as many of you know, or at least if any of my current clients are listening, 100% of my clients are real estate investors or in the real estate industry via being a developer, flipper, real estate agent, wholesaler, whatever it is. So I kind of wanted to redevelop my brand and focus purely on that to really hammer down into that niche area, that real estate industry, and that's what I'm doing. So it it just kind of helps me align with my clients. It, It helps me align with my values of basically only servicing real estate investors from here on out. So the Real Estate CPA is essentially going to be a content creation platform. I'm going to be doing a lot of blogging, a lot of podcasting. I'm going to be hosting webinars and hopefully even in the future, real life events where we're all going to meet up and get together and talk about a lot of cool stuff. So make sure you subscribe to stay up to date on all of the releases, all of the events. You don't want to miss it. So we're going to start off with an example, and it's going to help us illustrate why today's topic of document everything is so important for the real estate investor and the business owner. The beginning of this year, I had a new client come to me. He wanted help on tax preparation and then also wanted help getting his books in order from an accounting perspective. He was showing me all of these expenses that he had incurred throughout the year, and I was asking for documentation. What was the process behind it? Where are the receipts? He didn't have any of it because he didn't have a process in place. So there was no documentation to support sometimes his several thousands of dollars of expenses. This creates a problem because as a CPA, while I'm not here to audit you, I also can't sign off on a return unless I think that we can substantiate that expense or or that income. Without documentation, there's no way to substantiate any of that. So I'm now putting my name on the line essentially. And I didn't want to do that. So I told him, I was like, hey, look, you know, I can prepare the returns for you and I can help you going forward, but we're not claiming these expenses because there's nothing, you cannot come up with anything that proves to me that you actually incurred this expense. 
And it was frustrating. I mean, he lost out on thousands of dollars of savings. And I'm talking savings, not just deductions. You know, he learned a painful lesson. Now, that said, we were able to go back and find a few things to help him out. Um, but there were, I mean, there were plenty of expenses that he was just not able to substantiate. And there was just no way to go back and get the receipts for those those expenses. But anyway, we, we set up a system for him, and going forward, he's doing a great job of recording everything that comes his way. He actually sends it to me and allows me to take a look at it, asks my thoughts, and he's doing a good job. When new clients come to me, they always ask, what is the, what's the number one thing that I can do to reduce my tax liability or to lower my taxes or to have more expenses? The key is documentation, documentation, documentation. And why am I trying to drill this point home? Well, ultimately, you can't get any tax deduction if you don't have the supporting documents for it. The IRS may come in, audit you, ask for supporting documentation, and if you don't have it, what do you think happens? You might end up in painful tax court cases, or you might just end up with a lofty fine, or both. Not a fun position to be in, so just document. What should you document? Everything everything any sort of business receipt any any sort of expense any activity related to your business related to your rentals you want to keep a receipt for you want to keep an invoice for or you want to scan it in you can scan it in that's perfectly fine the irs allows digital receipts just make sure that you are keeping records of the expenses that you're incurring so things like business receipts invoices anything related to the my, to mileage I don't know if you're tracking your mileage. If you're not, you need to start now. Actually, you needed to, you needed to start yesterday. Create a, a create an Excel sheet that that says where you're coming from, where you're going to, what the purpose of the trip is, how many miles round trip it is, and what what the date is. And that'll work for a mileage log. They also have mileage trackers like Mile IQ that work really well. I suggest checking it out. Uh, you should also be documenting your home office. So if you were to draw a floor plan, which you should be doing if you're if you have a home office, draw a floor plan. Where in your floor plan is the home office? That area needs to be highlighted, marked off, or whatever suits you to indicate that that's where the home office is. You need to have the square footage measured and the num- the dimensions there and available on that floor plan. You should also have pictures of your actual home office because believe it or not the IRS can walk through your house if you've claimed a home office deduction because they're treating it just like any other commercial office building so they can they can walk through and believe me when they walk through they're going to be lo- looking at any other sort of furnishings that you have to see if what you're reporting on your tax returns lines up with your standard of living so we want to keep the IRS out of the house to do that we can just take pictures of the home office generally that will be plenty of proof to deter a walkthrough if it even gets to that point. The other thing that we want to really keep a good handle on in terms of documentation is meals. The IRS will drill into meals if, if they were ever to scrutinize your returns or if they were to ever audit you. So make sure that you have documentation for meals. Uh, you, you would certainly not want the IRS to come back and disallow all of that. So what does the IRS scrutinize? The IRS scrutinizes travel, transportation, meals, primarily the reason that I'm saying these three is because these are the three that can be most 
uh, overstated in terms of expenses. And so the IRS is going to go in there and make sure that you have the documentation. If you don't have the documentation, they're going to throw out a lot of, they're going to throw out as min, as much of the write-off as they possibly can, because you have to remember they have a vested interest in getting rid of your deductions. It means more money in their pocket, and we really don't want that to happen. So travel, transportation, and meals, make sure that we're recording, documenting, as if your life depends on it, because your financial life does. All right, so how do we actually go about documenting everything? There are a couple methods. I'm sure everybody's heard of the classic envelope method. It's not fun to be a CPA and to dig through somebody's to dig through a client's documents. So I'm actually a virtual firm. I don't take paper paper receipts, paper documents, paper forms. And, and that really helps me avoid the whole having to sift through in somebody's envelope. I don't want to deal with that. My philosophy is if you don't care enough about your business to set up systems that work, to be reconciling income and expenses every month or every quarter, then you know we're just not a good fit. And, you know, I have some clients that come to me with the envelope system and I help them get set up on systems that work better and are ultimately going to add more value to them anyway. So something like moving to digital, uh, we can take it to the cloud. We can download a scanner on your iPhone or your Android phone and you can actually scan receipts as you go and you can then upload it to your favorite cloud system, whatever that might whatever that might be. I personally use Expensify as my scanner. It allows me to scan a receipt in, record the expense details, so what the amount was, who I met with, or what it was for, and then also add a little note, which is really helpful because ultimately the documentation that we that we're doing needs to be contemporaneous, which means it needs to be continuous. So we can't go like like we can't go back five years once we're being audited and try to recreate five years of documentation, the IRS sees right through that. It's very easy to see who is doing it as they go and who is doing it retroactively. So we want to be on the as-you-go side. So yeah, for my cloud-based storage system, I use ShareFile and actually have a client portal for all of my clients and they're all on ShareFile. Awesome system, very, very easy um, a lot easier than a lot of CPAs, and even my old system was. You can download a desktop app. I believe that they also have a, an iPhone app, and you can just upload right to your personal um, file, your, your client file. So it's great. So you want to figure out tools that are going to work for you, that are going to help you uh, maintain the documentation on a consistent basis. So in terms, of, in, in terms of receipts, like I said, I scan mine in. I encourage clients to scan theirs in. Um, because it's just a whole as-you-go thing. But we want to have two key details, actually three key details on that receipt. You want to have who you met with, what you discussed, and the date, and then obviously the expense. Now, whenever you're out with a client or whenever you're out with an investor or a real estate agent or a property manager or whoever you're meeting with for business purposes, Whenever you're meeting with them and you get that check at the end of the meal or the end of the session or whatever, write down who you met with on the top of the receipt, what you discussed, and then just take a picture of it and scan it in. And it's easy and you're done. Um, it, you know, you might need to go and, and book it on your actual bookkeeping system, whether it's a spreadsheet or whether you just wait till the end of the year. But at least you've captured the receipt and you've captured it as you go, which is the key to maintaining good documents. Another tip is to schedule meetings, lunches, and check-ins on your digital calendar, and then you can print that calendar off at the end of the year or or whenever you need it. 
But being on the digital calendar gives you an advantage because if the IRS ever came back and started questioning you, you would have records of who you met, when you met them, and what you met them for. And it's right there, readily available. The IRS likes to see that type of thing. And if you can show them that type of thing, then, then obviously the inquiry is going to go more, more so in your favor than not. We also want to be planning ahead whenever we're traveling. So we want to ask ourselves a question of who, who is traveling? Do they have a business need to travel? So sometimes what will happen is two spouses will go to a new rental market and they're, they're sourcing properties. They're looking at deals and they want to deduct both of the business expense. They want, they want to deduct the travel for both of them. Unfortunately, it doesn't really work like that because the IRS is always going to come back and say, hey, one of you might have had a business need to go but we highly doubt both of you had a business need to go. And it's really as simple as that. If you can't prove that both people had a business reason to go, then you can't take the deduction. And so when I talk clients through something like this, I tell them to kind of think about if they were actually running a a big time business or something and an employee or two employees came up to them and wanted to go on a trip, what would be their criteria to determine whether or not there is a there's a business need for each one of them to go? One, we would look at budget, uh, financial standing. Two, we would want to look at the workload. Three, what are the objectives? What are they going to come away from that travel, that trip with? And then four, is both of them really necessary considering the first three items? And generally speaking, when it's two spouses going, two spouses are not going to be needed on a business trip. So what this means is that only one spouse's travel expenses are going to be deductible. But that's okay because it's still something, right? So some other things that we want to do with travel, we want to plan meetings in advance uh, to schedule them on your calendar in advance. You can show the IRS this. If you're ever questioned, it will really help your case. Another thing that we want to do is plan for personal days. If we're traveling somewhere that is near vacation spots, near tourist attractions or near family members, we want to strategically plan for personal days so that we can still take the travel expenses that we've incurred. So at the end of the year, what should you be providing your CPA with in terms of documentation? First off, it's important to understand that we are not here to audit you. So we don't want to see all of your expense documentation. I mean, I I don't really want to see 100 receipts for $30 $30 expenses or, or $80 expenses. We want to see receipts for substantial or abnormal expenses, something that's going to be material to all of the expenses or material to your financial position or your, your, your tax position. So basically, what I want to see is a profit and loss statement for your businesses or for your rentals. I want to see mileage logs. I want to see meals and entertainment expense details. I want to see travel details. And I want to see an Expensify report, or if you have an app that works similar to that, then I want to see something like that. And what I'll do is go through all that and pick out expense items that I want to follow up on. Because at the end of the day, I'm putting my my name and my business name on your returns. So I need to make sure that it makes sense for me to sign off on those returns. And one of the checks is to just look for those material or those abnormal expenses. But the key is going to be to have the documentation ready to go. Because if I follow up with you and I say, hey... You spent $1,500 at you know XYZ restaurant meeting with a client. Can you provide that documentation for me? And you say, oh, yeah, well, 
I have it and I, I think I have it somewhere. Let me go try to find it. And it takes you two weeks to get it to me. Now I'm going to be thinking, does this guy really have the documentation? Should I start asking about other expenses to make sure that he does have the documentation? So just have the documentation readily available and ready to hand off to a CPA at a moment's notice if you are asked for it. And remember, we are on your side. So when we ask for documentation, we're really just trying to protect you as much as we're trying to protect ourselves. All right. And then last thing real quick, let's talk about contractors, documentation surrounding contractors. Many of you own investment property. Many of you also run businesses. You likely use contractors in some way, shape or form. If you pay a contractor over $600 annually, you need to issue them a 1099 miscellaneous. What this does is it sends information to the IRS that says, we paid this person this amount of money. And then the IRS is going to be looking for that income to show up on that person's tax return. Through my clients, I've been hearing that many contractors are a little shady. So what's happening is contractors either just want cash so that they don't have to report it, or they just think that receiving cash is easier. Maybe they have a working capital problem and they need they need the money today rather than waiting on credit. So they want to be paid in cold, hard cash instead of, you know, via credit card or check or anything like that. Before you do that, you need to get a W-9 from the contractor. The W-9 is going to tell you who the contractor is, what their social security number or EIN number is, and that's going to be the information that you need to issue a 1099 at the end of the year. And don't try to make excuses saying, well, he's a great contractor, I'm just going to go ahead and and pay him cash because at the end of the day, this is your business and this is your portfolio and you need to protect it as much as you possibly can. And issuing 1099s is an excellent way to protect your business and to protect the write-offs that you're claiming in the event that you are ever audited. Because ultimately, if you are audited by the IRS or if the IRS is scrutinizing your return and they're asking about expenses like rehab expenses or contract service expenses that you've written off but they don't have a 1099 for who whose fault is it the contractor is not going to care he's he's already gone the irs isn't going to go after i mean the irs might go after the contractor but ultimately it's your business that you need to protect so make sure that we're issuing 1099s All right. Well, that's about it. Thanks for listening to the show. If you have a few minutes and you like the show, please leave a rating on iTunes and SoundCloud. I'd really appreciate it. This will help the show climb in rankings and gain some exposure. And ultimately, I want to help everybody better run their, their real estate portfolio and their real estate businesses. If you have any questions or topics that you'd like to discuss, feel free to email me at contact at therealestatecpa.com. That's contact at therealestatecpa.com. I'm pretty responsive and I'm always, always looking for feedback. So feel free to send me an email. Uh, But yeah, that's all for now. Thanks for listening. B-Hall signing off.